who's there? It's me, Magic the Amateuring, episode 244. Oh, well, come on into the foyer. Ooh, this is a lovely foyer. Thank you. I purchased a house that's 90% foyer, so oh, this oh. is most of it. Wow. Where do you, um, do you have a bathroom? Uh, yes, that is the other 10% of my house. Oh, uh, where this do you sleep? I in the foyer. Oh, you're in the foyer. Oh, yes, yes indeed. There's yeah, there's my bed. Your you bed right, over right there. there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I noticed you don't have a stove. Um, no. Just no, no, no. A grand staircase that goes to a bathroom, I assume. Yeah, that's oh. the, the. Yep. Uh, my house is ninety okay. percent floor level, <laughs> foyer, and ten percent of upstairs <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> I really, you know, I had to get an architect to work on it specially for me. And they checked back with me a lot of times. Just out of curiosity, did a lot of them just turn you down and say, I won't, quote, I won't build that? Yes. A lot of people were like, this is a monstrosity. Um, I think I showed them. Looking at it from the outside, I was... I was confused, I will admit. Yeah, you wondered why my house was just one, one long, long flat area and then a tiny, a tiny little a tiny little upstairs. upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you know. Well, you know, um, I love the statue in the front. Thank it you. It's like a blood fountain. It is. It is a blood fountain. Oh, um, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a metaphor yeah. for what this episode of Magic the Amateur will be a long front flat downstairs with a tiny little upstairs Wait, what's the upstairs uh, <laughs> of the episode uh, the upstairs of the episode is like the knowledge you'll gain and the downstairs of the the 90 percent foyer is the is, bs is that the we're gonna tangents. talk yes. that you're gonna have to get through to get to it <laughs> to get to the knowledge bathroom exactly um <laughs> i'm one of your hosts of this podcast magic the amateuring my name is megan and my name is maria and on this episode we're going to talk about guess what ixalan that's right the pre-release was this past weekend Woo! so we finally got our hands on these sick sweet awesome cards oh dinos and pirates and merfolks and oh vampies my yes the pre-release happened and we got a lot of good stories from you out there in listener land who are tweeting at us from your pre-releases so thank you so much for interacting with us on the internet and that is in fact why inner is in the word internet because of the interaction that you do with us oh. uh, yeah okay yeah that's what they had yeah. in mind when they when they when, when al they gore made, made it. it so you uh what? what that's like not wrong <laughs> It kind of isn't. I mean, like, yeah, they both, like, interaction has interaction. the root inter. Yeah. Uh, because of its meaning, as does the word internet. Internet. Language is fun. Language is so fun. And one one fun thing of language is... Fun thing of language. Card names, which yes. we'll be referencing, of course, um, on this episode because a lot of sweet new cards and we've got to learn what they're called and what they do and you can struggle right along with us yes. on this episode. So not only are we going to talk about Sealed, which was what the pre-release had in store, but also Draft. Ooh. So we did a f- draft with our friends. It was really spooky. It was. <laughs> A spooky friend draft. And of course, Ixalan already on Magic Online. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We can get to uh, drafting those packs real fast. Yep. And you might have noticed or heard the crinkle, the familiar crinkle of a booster pack in my hand. And this is, uh, spoiler alert, was my prize for the pre-release. 
Okay. Okay. So, let, you know, just figure out how I did for yourself. And uh, we're going to crack it into a Flavor Text Theater uh, based on the card names of this set later in the episode. Um, and, of course, those cards will go into our Patreon drawing. Speaking of patrons. Wow. Why are you yelling? Patrons are great. Patrons are great. It just makes me They're excited. worth yelling about, but I'm not going to yell okay. because they might be listening. And I value both them and their ears. I value... <laughs> I guess I value their ears less. <laughs> well, patrons, I'm really sorry. You heard it here. Maria values your ears less than the rest of you. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the rest of you is so great. Yeah, but we value the rest of you a lot. But we're just split on the whole ears situation. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody who's become a new member of our crazy family, the Less Than 1% Club on Patreon.com slash MTACast since our last episode. And of course, a big thank you to everybody who's been supporting us for a really long time and helping keep the show um, on the air through your cat's mouth, uh, however you choose to receive it every single week. Um, you can join and be part of the family for as little as a dollar an episode, which, as we described last week, is less than you bought your last pair of socks for yes, probably probably or maybe it was like multiple pairs but it's like still you can't get oh yeah if you're buying a singleton socks then it's gonna cost more than four dollars if you're buying a package of socks the per sock cost is probably below oh, yeah. four dollars yeah, sure sure, but sure you still had to purchase the package you had to get, to get, the get whole that lower thing. below sock cost the sock the lower cost per sock <laughs> sock Sock required a bulk sock purchase cost. of socks, which still made your yeah. sock cost sock cost above four dollars total. Look, we are <laughs> we're um, gonna give you so much value. We're a mathematics podcast, <laughs> in addition to being a medical and yes. magic podcast. Yes, we are certainly, <laughs> certainly. Yes. Uh, economics really is what. Econ I think yes, we're economics is everything in economics can be boiled down to the sock cost theory. Yes. Um, and <laughs> Sock cost theory, you probably studied it in yes. your college economics, you know, 301. You know, I would remember it, except that economics in both high school and college was my worst subject, Maria. Why? And I'm, I'm like, like, by a long shot. By a long shot? I, I would say that I am easily three times as bad at economics <laughs> as I am at literally any other subject on the <laughs> face of the planet. Like, I'm, I, what about it? I don't know. There's something about economics that my brain was just like, no, no. like hard pass no. on this. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Supply, demand, <gasps> bull crap. Like, that's the only graph that I was ever <laughs> willing to fully grasp. I'm just like, OK, this makes sense. But the rest of it, I'm not I'm not here for it. Oh, man. I actually blame it. Um, so my high school teacher was uh, very bad. Yeah. And he would literally tell us something and then sometimes be like, wait. I need to check that and would look <laughs> it up in a book what he had just told us oh, and then confirm classic. whether or not that was true. So I feel like that like set a foundation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. if you're building a house on a foundation, that foundation was just a pit. Yeah, you know And all my future <sighs> economics learning just fell, fell into, into the, the pit. pit. We could we could tell so many Anyways. stories about bad educational experiences. Oh, we should save it for an extra special patron That's special. Because right. I just thought of like three separate stories that I could tell that are all gold. If you want to hear more about our garbage <laughs> educational experiences, <laughs> become a patron at patreon.com slash MTA cast. Uh, getting those extra special 
yeah. patron specials is just one of the few ways that we try and say thank you so much for making the show possible because it means the world to us. Um, also, if your favorite part of this is what we've been doing this entire time, which is not talking about magic. <laughs> hey, we got more where that go. came from. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we also want to thank our sponsor, Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com slash MTACast. Please use that link if you're buying cards for them so they know that you support our show. You can also ask for Magic the Amateuring sticker in your order and they'll put one in for free. That's just the kind of service that you can expect from cardkingdom.com, which is far and away regarded as the best place to buy your Magic cards. And yeah. with the release of Ixalan, you can now head over there and uh, start getting your singles, start getting your packs for drafting with your buds, or perhaps you need a sweet deck box or something, cardkingdom.com slash MTACast, the place to go and the place to be if you like magical things, you see. That's, you know, we, we keep coming up no, with catchphrases for Card Kingdom and they all are terrible. <laughs> cardkingdom.com slash MTACast, buy your magic there. <laughs> Salon pre-release. Hey everybody, did you pre-release? Because we sure did. We did. We pre-released hard and uh, we had some, you know, pretty interesting experiences playing with the set for the very first time. Yeah. Um, you know, I was particularly excited for cards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> seems right. Seems oh, about right. Oh boy. Yep. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee as we speak. <laughs> I'm working on it, you guys. Look, we're making progress we're, here. Yeah. I've got my caffeinated highball energy beverage here. They're not a sponsor oh. of the show, but, you know, call us. Um, and <laughs> it's going to get us there. You know, Pre-release is always 100% my favorite, favorite, absolute favorite way to play Magic. And yes. um, it's because it's a new time. You're playing with the cards for the first time. Nobody you knows what they're doing. You get to your friends. Your friends are there. Your friends are there. Yeah, it's great. You are all now familiar with the Pirate Boys. Yeah, the Pirate Boys. The Pirate Boys were there. And uh, in tomorrow, in, I was, in tomorrow, in tomorrow, if you head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Magic the Amateuring. Wait, is it? MTA kiss. Oh, damn it. <laughs> YouTube.com okay. slash MTA cast. You can see our pre-release and draft night yes. vlog, which features the pirate boys, the pirate boys. Yeah. You people told us that you liked vlogs, video logs. And so we're going to put those up for you on our YouTube channel. So there you go. You can see what we opened. Although yeah. we're also going to tell you with our mouths right, right now. now. But you can see our t total pools and tell yeah. us like, you oh, can watch us I open the literal packs. I did terribly at this pre-release, so yeah. full disclosure, you can head over there and tell me what I should have built, because you will see every card in my pool. Maria, tell me tell me about your pre-release. Okay, I've been just kind of playing with my deck box here. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to pull it out, just because my memory is going, as I'm an old ancient crab. And uh, <laughs> I built a white-black uh, vampire's deck, Yeah. Um, because my pool was kind of, you know, the colors we're sort of all over the place. You know the, how that happens sometimes where you've got kind of an equal number of cards in every color and you're like, oh no, what am I supposed to build? Yeah. I really wanted to build with green because, um, you know, fatties are good and yeah. sealed and uh, there's a lot of good cards in green in this set, but it just wasn't, uh, just wasn't going to be in the stars. So what I decided to do was go a little more aggressive, which is always a pretty big risk in a sealed format. Um, and I did have pretty good removal in white and black. So my promo card was Settle the Wreckage, which is a one-sided wrath. Exile all attacking creatures, target player controls. And then they can go get lands for the number of creatures exiled this way. As it's been called, Wrath to Exile. Wrath to Exile. And uh, I used it in one game, and it was fantastic. That card, um, is, but that card is good. Very good. good. 
And what else did I have? Oh, I had, um, I must have had a contract killing in black, so I needed my removal. And I had Legion's Judgment here in white, which costs two in white for a sorcery, destroy target creature with power four or greater, which, um... Do you know what? We should talk about this card. Yeah, let's do it right now. Because I don't think that Legion's Judgment is as good as you would usually think it to be. I agree with that statement 100%. Um, it was fine yeah. when I played versus a dinosaur deck. Yes. Any other time? I did not want it in my hand. Exactly. There were multiple. I also had one of these in my pool and yeah. I put it in my main deck and there were multiple times when I sideboarded it out in a game. Absolutely. Because it's just like, I think that my opponent in their 40 cards has literally one, one creature target. Yeah. that this card hit. And Absolutely. Like, that is not worth it. And a lot of cards that you want to deal with have something like three power. Yes. Like so usually you'd look at this and it's like, okay, this or um, Vanquish the Weak, yeah. which is the two in a black instant destroy target creature with power three or less. Yeah. And I think that in this set, like, that's just a better card. Yeah. I am a, I am 100% agreeing with that. It, that card yeah. just, just does a, a better job of doing its thing. It's instant speed and it just like, it kills more stuff. It just kills. I think. Yeah, I agree. So Legion's Judgment, that's uh, an early ta yeah. hot take on something yeah. in this Which format that's kind of like, important. Don't play this card. I think that if you have one in your pool and you're playing white, it's correct to play your copy of it. Yeah. I would not play two copies. No, no, no. I would um, not. I would play one copy for sure, though. But Side you know, it out. Be aware and be willing to sideboard it out. My other exciting rare was Vanquisher's Banner, um, which, of course, um, lets you choose a creature type. Creatures of that type get plus one, plus one. Whenever you cast one, you get to draw a card, which is really sweet. I only ever got it out once, but it was really fun when I did it. Um, and uh, what I ended up doing was building my deck kind of around this card, Wanted Scoundrels, which is a 4-3 for two. What? Wow. wow. Amazing drawback, though. When it dies, uh, your opponent gets two treasures. Wow. So, uh... <laughs> Really, really yeah. dangerous card to play and not not exactly optimal in my deck because I didn't have any um, super ways to push it through like a Mark of the Vampire or something like that to get it in for even more damage and keep it alive. Uh, Imperial Aerosaur, of course, an all-star, which is a 3-3 flyer, which gives something plus one, plus one and flying when an ETBs. Um, but overall, this deck was just a real do, do not a lot deck. Um, I splashed for a hostage taker, which, uh, lets you steal something and then cast it if you can. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I got to, I got to hostage take something once, but then it immediately died. I don't know. It just it was just not powerful enough. Um, but it, it was, however, fun to play. It was very fun to play and it was fun to see what other decks people had built with like crazy dinosaurs and that kind of thing. Um, just yeah. in the end, not a not enough power to back up what the heck I was doing. And I talk more about this, as Megan mentioned, in the vlog. So uh, you can check that out. YouTube.com slash MTACast. It will be live um, on Wednesday. So the day after this episode is released. And uh, yeah, take a look at my pool and let me know what you think. I just... For what it's worth, I think that if you're playing this vampire deck, I think that it's wrong to not be playing this Paladin of the Bloodstained. I mean, I think that's a fine... That's fine thing to say. It just... I, I thought about it. It's still... Yeah. Still, still kind of like just under just underpowered generally. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how, you know, Sealed evolves from the pre-release on, uh, given that there's so much synergy in this set. And, you know, Vanquisher's Banner is just one card that points to how important that is. Oh, and Vanquisher's sometimes, Banner. you know, you just got to open, open synergy or you don't. Or you just make something that's a bunch of big beats. 
Okay, Megan. Uh, speaking of Vanquisher's Banner, if you have not yet watched our episode of Game Nights with the Command oh, Zone, yes. head on over there and watch that. We had a blast. It was awesome. Playing, uh, playing against those guys. And the video is just like so amazingly well done. They care so much. They work so hard to like make it an amazing play experience and then to make it like an amazing viewing yes, experience for absolutely. people who are watching it. So head on over uh, to the Command Zones uh, YouTube channel and check out that episode of Game Nights. I had a ton of fun. Yeah. You can you can watch Vanquisher's Banner in play. Yeah. We won't give you any spoilers. <laughs> but it really but it's in play. gets the job done. It really gets the job done. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so my pre-release packs were a little bit more kind to me. Uh, the Maria's, I had a Huatli, which is great. Um, and then I also had, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. I had the 4-3 that, um. Oh, draws you cards? No, I, so I had the 4-3 for 4 that explores when it deals combat damage to a player. Nice. And then I did have Ripjaw Raptor also, which is the 4-5 with Enrage. Um, and those are both, those like, are both, those great. are both great. And specifically because of those two, I'm not a big combat tricks person. Yeah. Um, especially not in sealed. Uh, but for this, I did put in one crash, the ramparts and one of the one mana, it gives a creature indestructible and you scry one. Oh, so I put in one of each of those. What color is that card? It's in white. It's That's a single, a it costs okay. single white. Um, I don't remember what it's called now. But anyways, um, just because like those two creatures want to get into combat so bad and they want to survive combat so bad. And like, sure enough, there were a couple of times when I cast like I would attack with that four three and my opponent would like block with like, you know, like a three two. Yeah. And I'd just be like, okay, give it plus three plus three. And that card gives trample. So it's like, oh, I kill your thing and I get that uh, explore trigger that I was looking for anyways. So it was great. Um, I also had two Ixalan's Binding, which is obviously wow. just such a good card, and a Pounce, which I love. Yeah, Pounce, fantastic Pounce, green removal. Sheltering great. Light is the card we were trying to think of before. There we go. Sheltering Light. Um, two Shining Aerosaurs. So I Woo. just built a, uh, I built a green-white dinosaurs deck that splashed red for Huatli and also the four, the five mana four damage. Um, <laughs> Huatli's five mana four damage. Huatli's five mana four damage. Uh, I'm not remembering. The name I'm going to go either. look. I'm going to go look. Yeah. But five minutes. Unfriendly fire. There, there we is. go. Um, and that one, I did get to kill someone. Oh, did you time. really? Yeah, it was great. Nice. I'd like drawn my mountain the turn before and I had attacked and put them to like one. And I like drew this and I just, you're like, uh, just, you're cast, dead. It, just <laughs> cast it at their face. It was great. Let me ask um, you how your experience with Huatli was. Was she fabulous? Was she, she everything was, you dreamed? She was great. Oh. She was great. She comes down and you look at it. It's like, okay, five mana for three loyalty. Yeah. Kind of seems like um, suspicious sometimes. <laughs> but you zero her and you make a three, three dinosaur. Yeah. I assume this was a minus ability. Yeah. Wrong. No, I never <laughs> plused her. She has a plus two of like you gain life equal to the greatest power amongst creatures you control. And then she has a minus X where it deals uh, X damage divided between creatures or players. Oh, nice. I don't remember. If, it might not actually be between players also but um, man just making a dino for zero seems yeah. fantastic uh, any number of target creatures yeah okay. creatures dealt damage so he can't block this turn so sometimes i would also like there were times when i would play her minus to her 
kill one or two things because like there's a lot of x ones yeah so i would literally kill two things and then still have her at one loyalty and then just zero her for the rest of the game and make dinos dinos good it was just good enough yeah uh it sure got the job done awesome um she was she was amazing and great i also had um i had the six mana let's see the belligerent brontodon (laughs) seven mana four six and this says that creatures you control assign combat damage equal to their toughness rather than their power. So I did put in the 1-7 looming Altasaur. Yeah! Um, I also had the archers, the 1-4 archers that ping things. Oh, you mean the 4-4 four, four archers? Yeah, which became 4-4 four, four archers. Uh, so sometimes I would play this and I, you know, like built out this board, like killed off their things or like binding them. And then I'd be able to play this 4-6 and be like, okay, now this 1-4 that used to just be holding off your team is now going to start swinging in for 4. Did you ever swing in for a seven with Looming Ultasaur? Oh, yes. Yeah. Multiple times. You know what's so funny to me? Why is this card a four six? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we were saying. Uh, I have no idea. My so, guess is it's because it says combat damage, so it's not all damage. Like, if you okay. used a pounce on this, okay, sure, that's very sure, different. Sure, sure. But it does seem silly. That it's, <laughs> it's just confusing, that's all. Like, well, well, <laughs> um, yeah, so overall, I went 3-1, yep. which I felt like was about right like my deck wasn't my deck wasn't crazy broken like it was very solid um the round that i lost was to like i mulliganed and then got super flooded yeah um i played like a blast the dryads like you know the dryads that untap a land oh yeah mm-hmm. and then the next thing i played was the brontodon <laughs> if you get an idea of how little ah, my hand had going on and, and then i the mulliganed and got stuck on two lands for a long time so I didn't play much magic that round. Um, but I also don't know, like, if, you know, if I had won that one, I think I might have gone on to lose to, like, a, dr- a deck in the 3-0 bracket. Just because sure. I don't know that it was strong enough. Man, belligerent Brontodon. It was very good. Great. Uh, I was I was super happy with my deck. And again, you can see more of it on our vlog. Yes. So how do you feel overall about the format of Sealed in Ixalan? Fast, slow, fun, dumb, great. <laughs> Um, super great i think that it uh i really enjoyed it yeah i had a lot of fun it didn't feel particularly fast to me no we definitely had rounds going to time yeah um so that's a that being said like my first three rounds were all done very fast uh but in part that was because of like mana issues on one side of the table or the other right it was either me or sometimes it was my opponents um and I, I do feel like there's some decks that can get the job done. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. But the sealed format does feel very mid-rangey. All right. Well, mid-range sealed format is kind of probably what we're hoping for, or what uh, at least play design is shooting for to try and get a good balance where maybe you can put together an aggressive strategy if you open the cards. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had a ton of fun yeah. too. It was great to play with dinosaurs. Um, I didn't play with them, but to like see them eating, eating me alive was just, you yeah. know, never thought I would say that I really enjoyed watching a dinosaur eat my face, but uh, I did. It yeah. was it was fun, and uh, people were, were crunching in with, and oh God, the flavor of the set is off the charts. Yeah, it's great. Do you know, oh, I forgot. So one other one, I had the one mana, like single white O3 that makes your dinosaurs cat. Cost yeah, cost less. less. So sometimes I got to play this on six and then also have my O3 be a 3-3. Three, three, three. Three, three. Ah! Great. Great. Awesome. If you have great pre-release stories and haven't sent them to us yet, please tweet at us at MTACast. 
let's talk about Ixalan Draft. Hey everybody, we've drafted the set some. Yeah, we did. It was a lot of fun. We Drafting. Draft. Oh, Ixalan Draft. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, great. Great. It was a lot of fun. Tribal is so fun. It might be one of my favorite things that a yeah. draft format can bring. We not drafted it not only once, but twice. Yes. Yeah, we couldn't be stopped. No, we could not be stopped. <laughs> we could not physically be stopped from drafting this set. Oh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So, Maria, in the first draft, what was your approach? Okay, so my approach was, I'm going to, you know, what how I normally draft, which is I'm going to see what's being passed to me, what's open, and try yeah. and pick a sweet strategy. And very, pretty quickly, I realized that Merfolk was open, which made me very happy. Yeah. Because that was one of the things I super wanted to draft. And let me tell you... It was sweet. Merfolk has some awesome synergies, and yeah. I got to play with uh, Shapers of Nature. You had not one, but, but two. two copies. So you can pay four to put a plus one, plus one counter on something, and you can pay two and a blue to remove something, one and draw a card. And it's just a three, three already. Yeah. <clears throat> Merfolk's great card. Great folks. <laughs> Merfolk's are great folks. Merfolk's are everybody. great folks. Okay. And I mean, they've just got so many cards that when I played them, I was like, this is not fair. This is yeah. just definitely not fair. And that was a lot of the green merfolk, including the one that lets you put uh, a plus one, plus one counter on two different merfolk. Um, Vine Shaper Mystic. Yeah. Uh, that seems pretty broken. That card is, yeah, quite good. I mean, it's just just like it just seemed too good. Yeah. And River Herald's Boon. I had two of this card, which is one in green for an instant. Put a plus one, plus one counter on uh, target creature and plus one, plus one counter on uh, up to one target merfolk. So. Wow. That's a really, really good combat trick. Yeah. Um, and you got to be afraid of it if you're playing against somebody who is playing any kind of merfolk shenanigans. It's just, it's just great. Like they, I, I just love the, the plus one plus one counter synergies in this deck. Like when a speaker who comes in and just like, oh, I get plus one plus one as long as I have another merfolk or an island. I mean, I didn't have yeah. that card in my deck, but just like that's an example of um of that kind of situation. It it it's just. It was just fabulous. These fish yeah. were fabulous. Um, they didn't actually... They were fabulous fish. They, they didn't actually do very well, which I'm kind of still flummoxed about because the deck was sweet. I had uh, a, just a good critical mass of merfolk and ways to bounce. I had a lot of bounce to get rid of things, and I had my combat tricks, and I had my unblockable creatures, uh, and it, but it didn't get the job done somehow. Who knows why? But the deck was really sweet, and I loved it. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about that. Nice. Uh, my first draft deck went 2-1, and uh, it was a black-white vampires deck. Yeah. Splashing blue for the four-mana draw the draw two. Oh, yeah. Uh, the pirate blue. Yeah, whatever. something, and you, like, make a treasure. Yeah. Um, I, my, my first couple of packs were, were kind of weak, but I took contract killing. Like, I first <laughs> picked contract killing, which is just, like, a great card. And at the end mm -hmm. of uh, at the end of the draft, I had I think two copies of Contract Killing and one of Ixalan's Binding and like a Vanquish the week. Like my removal yeah, suite that's was great. really nice, um, and that was great. And then I also uh, I never got to. I was so sad. I had like five different um, creatures with Explore on them. Yeah, and I had a lurking Chupacabra. Wow. But people always knew to kill the Chupacabra before you know. I could explore. There were multiple times when I would play it on four and I'd have a, a like a five mana, uh, the five mana, like three, three with vigilance that has explore on it, like yeah. in my hand for the next turn. And they'd just be, they'd just like kill it. I was like, yeah. People fine. wise to the Chupacabra shenanigans. Already. And I mean, 
as well they should be. That card is bonk towns if you can even kill one thing with it. I, it's so sweet. Because Explorer so cool. is already amazing. It's great. So we haven't talked about this yet, actually. Yeah. I love Explorer. Explorer's fantastic. It just feels so great. Whichever side you get. Yeah. You reveal a win and you're like, like thank okay. God I'm awesome. not drawing that next turn. Exactly. Uh, or you reveal a spell and you get to be like, oh, is this good for me? Do I like, want next this? Next turn. And my creature is better. Oh, look, a plus one, plus one counter. Like, great. Explore, really like great it. job. Yeah. Fabulous mechanic. I also had like the the six mana, um, like the five and a black uh, three, three lifelinker with Explore. Oh, yes. Vampire. A queen's agent or something. Yeah, exactly. And then I had. Uh, yeah. So like the rest of my creatures were like fairly vampire synergistic. I think we talked about uh, in the pre-release vlog, we talked about Anointed Deacon. Yes. The 3-3 three, three that gives another vampire plus 2 plus 0. Oh. I did not realize it at first, but like I should have been playing that card the entire time. And I eventually sideboarded into it. That card's um, great. It's great. I also, uh, my I did open a, or no, I got like past a sweet mythic. Oh. Uh, Waking Sun's Avatar. Nice. Which is the five white, white, white. 7-7 seven, seven dinosaur that when it, well, if you cast it from your hand, it kills all non-dinosaur creatures. Brutal. And there were times even I played a, an opponent when I was playing uh, our friend Greg. Yeah. He had a dinos deck and it was game one and I like had this and I still ended up casting it because even though it didn't, it killed like two of his things but left some others, but it was still just like, oh, oh now I also have this 7-7. Seven, seven. Seems fine. It was like this giant seven seven. Um, so yeah, I had a I had a lot of fun. Queen's Agent was the lifelinker that I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also played Grim Captain's Call because in my deck, this deck also had two of the three four flying dinos. Yeah. Um, for four and a white, and a lot of times, like we would get to a kind of a later game where I'd like killed some other things with those contract killings and traded some creatures, and then I'd Grim Captains call back like one of my vampires and usually a dinosaur because they right. like killed one of those flyers, and there were multiple like every time it happened and I got two creatures back with this, people were just like, oh god, yeah, like, it feels I can't like cheating. Fight through those again, right? Yeah, I think Grim Captains call is great. I um, my second draft that we did, I had a pirate themed deck and yeah uh, what the heck is it called it's the one mana black um spell that gets things march back march of the drowned march of the drowned march of the drowned similar effect uh for one mana and you get to return two pi uh, pirate cards from your graveyard to hand also felt like total cheatsville because they're like oh i did some work killing your things and you're like okay they're back in my hand what can you do exactly like uh and i was i feel like this the first time that i ever really thought about this was in um was in Amonkhet block when there was wandering death yep um and one of our friends was like oh hey like i i love having wandering death because it's just like limited as so much trading resources trading resources and then you just get back two cards yeah like you get back just your get two best back. creatures that have died and it just feels backbreaking sometimes um, and so I really like, yeah, I like this March of the Drowned and I like this Grim Captain's Call uh, as ways to kind of eke out value when you've been trading a whole bunch I'm of I'm just resources. looking at this lurking Chupacabra art. <laughs> he's so, he's so sneaky. He's, look at him, he's so sneaky. He's so sneaky. He's just lurking. Yeah. I'm just a lurking I'm Chupacabra. I'm just a lurking Chupacabra. I mean, his oh, face is actually gosh. scary. <laughs> 
<laughs> to, to be fair, that would be terrifying in the night. This is actually scary. I would scream. Yeah. Uh, my second draft deck was a dino deck. Dino deck. It was a lot of fun. Dino's dot deck. It was it green was, white again? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Was it or no? It was green red. Oh, all right. It was a green red dinos. It was great. I had the. Um, I loved having the five five. It was green white and then wait. No, it was green white splashing red. Okay. Um, because I had the the three five for six with the enrage and it puts a counter on all of your other creatures. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And then I had um, the 5-5 five, five for 5 for 3 green-red. Uh, it's a 5-5 five, five that Woo-hoo! it deals 1 damage to all other creatures when it enters the battlefield. That's legit. The card is just sick. Um, so yeah, that one was again like, that one was just like much more straightforward. Raging Swordtooth. Um, oh, <laughs> and because that, that's the draft where I first picked a Carnage Tyrant. Oh, that Oof. draft. What a dino. What Speaking a dino. Of that's, Carnage Tyrant. That's a 7-6 that has Hexproof and Trample. Oh, you mean just like, can you do anything about it ever? No, no. you can't. You, you can't. can't. Um, that card is nuts, completely nut bones, and is now the most expensive card in the set. Yeah. Um, so we're Great. probably going to be seeing it in standard. Megan, how do you feel about Carnage Tyrant making an appearance? Do you know what? It can go away. It just... <laughs> Do you know what? It dies to fumigate, so man. Uh, I thought you were gonna start hating on having a second siege rhino. Um, wait to be seen. No, okay, because do you remember there was this card uh, for a while? What was it? It was like Gaia's Revenge, I want to say, and that one had haste even. Man, I don't um, remember this card. Yeah, it's because it wasn't the nemesis of your deck. Huh, Gaia's Revenge. Um, yeah, it was like a green. It was a green creature that had, it, like, uncounterable. Let's see. We'll look it up. Uh, it was, like. Oh, yeah. yeah there there it is. Oh, yeah. Five this green, guy. green. Uh, can't be countered. Haste. And can't be the target of non-green smell spells or abilities from non-green sources. Yeah. This is an 8-5. And, like, this card was, like, fine. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't, you know. It, like people played this out of their sideboard. That's true. Uh, back when this when this set was happening, so we'll see. Um, Carnage Tyrant might be more of a thing because there is that Teamer Energy deck right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can I can definitely see a reason why it's like oh if you already have this like Teamer Energy stuff with might like bristling well. hydras, you might as well have like a six mana card that that pretty is pretty brutal for control if they don't have a wrath immediately. Oh man, I love this guy's horns. Yeah, he's got they're so horns. cute. Um, so yeah, that was, that draft was a lot of fun. And I liked that it was like, it was very different. Yeah. Like my, my vampires deck was kind of, it was pretty, like my creatures were pretty small and it focused more on just maintaining control of the board with like removal spells, um, with getting creatures back after trading a whole bunch and then like killing them with some flyers and stuff like that. And then this one was just like big stompy dinosaurs, big stompy dinosaurs are coming for you. Oh, wait, I also had go up a little bit. Who dis? Uh, I got past, like, third pick, Awaker of the Wilds. Not in pack one, but in, like, pack two. This card is busted. In case you were ever looking at this card and you're like, is this good? Yeah, it is. The answer is yes. You just get to pay whatever you want, whatever you want, to put counters on something. X green green, put X plus one plus one counters on target land you control. That land becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. It's a three three for two green green. That card was sick. 
If it if Looks it stuck great. around, I just won because I made yeah, all my creatures just, and all my lands into creatures. Well, you just have creature lands. Yeah, and fabulous. And you can make one, and then like if you need to, you can like get it into combat and then put more counters on it in the middle of combat. It's just <laughs> so like, good. It's really good. It's great. My second deck was, as I mentioned, some pirate boys and girls, <laughs> and uh, I did not think it was going to do well. It finished better, the, however, the Memory Folk at two one and. Uh, the centerpiece for me was Dead Eye Plunderers, which is a nice little gold card in the set. For five, you get a 3-3, three, three, and it gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. And plus here, plus, it's two blue-black, and you can create a treasure. So it's going to pump itself up and give you some treasures on the way. Um, and uh, yeah, this this card was great. and was kind of a little bit of an engine in the deck. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot of like tiny little flyers that were uh, that were flying through the air, which I didn't know how lame or how not lame they would be. It turned out they were, uh, you know, just fine. Yeah, um, got the job done. Got the job done. Cards like Daring Saboteur, which can go get in unblocked. Depths of Desire was a card I used not only in this Pirates deck, but also in my Merfolk deck because it was kind of like a nice little tempo-based strategy to be able to get in when I didn't have, you know, a lot of straightforward removal. Siren Lookout is the card I was thinking of. Two and a blue for a one-two flyer, and it explores when it enters the battlefield which you know i think it's fine nothing to yeah. really write home about but that was that's what i was doing cards like that and stormfleet aerialist which is a one two which comes in with a plus one plus one counter if you had raid um ooh, what was i gonna say oh yeah water tap weaver by the way this merfolk wizard that's a two two for three i had it in my pirate yeah. deck and in my merfolk deck this, this is frost link frost link on performance enhancing drugs because um it's just great because <laughs> it's a merfolk is, is what i'm saying is you yeah. have an additional merfolk synergy. like that's what you're yeah, yeah you're opening up synergies nice yeah um yeah that card is that card is great i'm i'm a big fan of it big fan uh so i i two won both drafts and both times i lost to our friend matt dra who drafted both <laughs> yeah. times just a super <sighs> aggro blue yeah. red deck yeah like and Boom. it just like crushed it crushed um it was so aggro definitely still a thing oh absolutely um, twice I got got by the, um, the two and a blue counter, like counter spell if, uh, unless it's controller plays, pays four and it costs one less if you control a pirate. Oh yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. that card got me and he was playing it in that, in that aggro deck. And then another time he just like had that, uh, the one and a, like the thing that gives something plus two plus two and flying. Yes. He like stuck that on, stuck that and on you're like, a well, big creature, and I'm like, yeah, I'm dead. He's like, do you have removal? Do you have removal? Yeah. Lookout's dispersal is the uh, is the spell oh, that cares about gosh. pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's definitely a viable strategy. Um, yeah. So that's always one of the questions we ask ourselves in a new format. Can you play aggro? And if so, uh, how fantastic is it? Turns out pretty good. Still pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, so something else that we noticed this weekend, Maria. Yeah. And over the draft also is how viable it is to splash because of treasure. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Treasure yeah. helps you so much and can get you ahead in a game out of kind of nowhere. Yeah. If you manage to create some treasure early. Um, it's pretty cool. And a, like a card like contract killing. It's yeah. nice because it's like, oh, five mana sorcery removal can kind of put you behind. But because it creates two treasures, right. it's like, oh, on my next turn. I can look at ca casting like seven to eight mana's worth of spells. Right. Using exactly. These treasure tokens. And that's pretty great. And it let me, like I said, in that black white deck with contract killings and stuff, uh, I did pick up two different rare lands that were wheeling at the table. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which helped. 
but like I splashed that blue spell with like these two dual lands and off of treasures and it's like okay you know what yeah, this is very, another very doable random thought I have about this draft format yeah one drops what about them? there's a lot of one drops um yeah. and I think they're being a, a kind of a little bit pushed in the set and uh, they're like viable okay so the O3 that makes your dinosaurs cost less mm-hmm. you can play that card yeah, you um, there's totally a red right. one drop that if it has raid and, and has first strike. And if you activate raid, of course you get a plus one, plus one counter becomes a two, two first striker. You yeah. know, is that for one? I think, yeah. I think so. So like, red. um, and there's and a black you have one this, drop. The whole, you have the whole cycle of one drops that, uh, have an ability on them yes. for a lot more mana. The green one is two mana, but like you have the red one that for eight deals three, three. damage to two different things. Um, the black one, which is the little bat, uh, which can drain for four. Gain uh, yeah, for I four. think for at seven or eight mana, mm-hmm. drain four, gain four. Um, the blue one, which draws you cards. Yep. Yeah. So it's just an interesting little thought that I, I think is kind of neat to explore that one drop spot and see what we can do with it. Not to mention opt, which uh, Great. exists and is fabulous. Yeah. As always. <laughs> so. While we wrap this up, we have a question over from our Discord. Yeah. Uh, which, if you would like to ask a question just on a show and when we're not specifically doing like a full mailbag, yeah. Uh, the best way to be able to do it is be a patron of the show yeah. and head on over to that Discord chat and drop that question into our mailbag, uh, which is its own channel. So uh, this question, Maria, can you read it? All right. From here? Yeah. I can't read it. From Thank here. you for it's this question, Yoda Muppet. Um, might need to see some more limited play first, but what are your thoughts on the suitability of Ixalan in limited? So that's just like overall. Yeah. Like so far, I think that it has, yeah, it's very cool in that I haven't played a, like a tribal synergistic draft format yet. Yeah. And that's, it's a very cool environment to be playing in so I'm, far. I love it. I absolutely love it. I thought I would have to wait for Lorwyn 2 whenever that would come back around to have this much fun with tribal. So um, I'm I'm super in. I think it's gonna I think it's like it's gonna be an exciting environment for people, especially who have never played this kind of yeah. draft format before, to have a really good time playing around and seeing like how hard can you push Absolutely. those synergies. You know what I was thinking when I was drafting these merfolk? I was like, ah, oh, I don't wanna put any card in this deck that's not a merfolk. Yeah. <laughs> Not and you know I think that I had one or two that weren't and it made yeah. me mad because I wanted it to be only merfolk. Why aren't you a merfolk? <laughs> Why aren't you? I just want it to be a hundred percent and like people are gonna have those a hundred percent pure like tribal synergy decks and I think that's so great and it was just really funny I was having that reaction like yeah. I don't want to put this carpet in a merfolk I'm making a fish deck. We also have another question, which is a really important question here from Burned Head. I'm looking to upgrade the cat I use to listen to MTA. What casting cost and power slash toughness should I look for in an MTA broadcast cat? That's great. Great question. Great question. Um, do you know what? Going back to a very recent card, mm-hmm. I think uh, something like a Regal Caracal. Oh, yes. Uh, is going to be a really great broadcasting cat mm-hmm. um, because you have your main broadcast cat. Yeah. Which is it's 3-3. But you're also going to have the two other 
uh, like additional cats right. for if your main broadcast ever goes down. Right. And you can keep one in the garage if you're like, yeah. you know, working on some project out there. You've got your tiny little one one cat broadcasting. Yeah, exactly. And then you can put the other one one like in, up upstairs. <laughs> upstairs. In your tiny in your in the ten percent bathroom yeah. of your foyer. Of your home. foyer house. <laughs> and the three threes down and it's gonna look good because it's a regal caracal, so it's exactly. like fancy. Yeah, so when it's not mm. broadcasting, it's going to look nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that if you're, if you're looking for a new broadcast cat, you, that's a good place to start. Please continue sending us some pictures of your broadcast cats. It's great. They're great. It's great. All right, here we have it. The yeah. first time we are ever cracking an Ixalan booster on this show for Flavor Text Theater. Ooh. Here we go. Wait, which one are we playing? Oh, movie pitches. Movie pitches is yeah, usually our the first one. Our we first. Do. So putting All it right. face down there, we've got a forest and a vampire. Ooh, Ooh spooky! <laughs> All these cards, as I mentioned earlier, uh, going into the drawing for a patron. So so many perks when you're a patron. Besides just the feeling of feeling like a gosh darn good person. That's just yeah. a just that's just a fact. Now we are going to uh, pitch you some sweet movies. So if you're a movie executive at Warner Brothers, first of all, that's cool that you listen to our podcast. Second of all, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, give us a call after you hear some of these gems. Just think about it. Just think about it. Okay. Um. Do you do you remember? There's like, this is it's based on um one of the very dark versions of a fairy tale. Okay. And I'm not remembering which one it is what happens in um and like in the very dark version of this there's a queen who bathes in the blood of young girls because it's the way that she stays young oh it's like some really effed up magic put those kids to bed with that exactly right <laughs> do you know Mom, what it was bathing my blood to stay young the past was a different time and place <laughs> um <laughs> or sometimes the same place, but a different time always. Anyways, uh, so this is this is the story of that queen, um, and sick, and uh, the, and it's all about. It's actually her, right? Because I think that in this fairy tale, it's about like conquering her. Like it's like whoever fights her, yeah, or whatever. But anyways, this is about. Uh, it's like the movie of her backstory. Okay, of like. What what happened to this queen to like make her so invested and always looking for every young and like she didn't bathing start out blood. a person who was willing to bathe in the blood. No, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> she became that person, right? She was twisted. Something happened. She was to twisted, you. but it's called ritual of rejuvenation. Ooh, I definitely want to see that. That sounds great. My uh, movie is kind of a Goonies type situation. It's going to be a group of young kids hanging out in the backyard, and they get the idea to build like their own. Uh, siege weapons. This is based on my own life from when I built a trebuchet in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're building like that kind of stuff. They're building, they've got wooden swords and they're having a good time and they build a cannon. But what they decide to do is put like, they're like, oh, we need something to put in this cannon to blast it. <laughs> like these kids are not safe. They're not following safety protocols. We got we to gotta blast something out of the cannon. And one of the young kids is like, oh, 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 my grandpa, you know, he was in the war. He's got a cannonball up in the attic. <laughs> And he runs up in the attic 
and gets the cannonball and puts it in the cannon despite his grandpa's warnings to never touch his old war paraphernalia. He shoots the cannon out of the cannonball was magic and they all go back in time and have to fight um, <laughs> and like save the day in a yeah. crazy kid adventure yeah. um, and try and find their way back to their present day. Yeah. And it's real fun because it's called Fire Cannon Blast. <laughs> this is like the alternative time bandits. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I love those kinds of movies. Uh, okay, so this is the story of um, uh, of a uh, high school spelling spelling bee team. Ooh, I'm um, in already. And they're they're going to nationals. And there's um, there's one kid uh, on the team, and he there's there's obviously a bunch of them. Um, but the one like star spelling kid is otherwise kind of like having a really tough time because he's realized that he's gay, but he's still in the closet and he doesn't like know how to come out. Yeah. And there's also, and he's super in love with another guy on the team who's a very out gay guy. Um, but he really doesn't know like how to ex- like express that or how to like tell his school or his classmates or his family about any of it. Um, and he eventually finally like tells the other kid on the team. Yeah. Um, and they start dating in secret because he doesn't want to come out. But eventually the other kid is like, I'm not like, I'm not willing to be in a secret relationship. Yeah. Like, I've spent a lot of my time like. You know, like I developed my identity wow. as, like, as a kid, and this I'm is already not going to essentially go back in the closet for yeah. you and like hide a relationship when I don't hide who I am. Uh, and so he's eventually, you know, eventually at the at the national spelling bee, and the word the is other, love. The other kid <laughs> eventually confesses his love for for his classmate in front of everybody and lets everybody know uh, by by spelling the other kid's name, which is Pierce. It's spelled Pierce. <laughs> Your word is Pierce, and that's when he's like, (gasps) You know what? Pierce, I love you, man. Okay, that's great. Uh, Definitely watching that. Okay. (laughs) My movie is another high school kind of... um, uh, romantic comedy and in this uh, there's a girl who is kind of shy and I uh, would say like you, d- mousy and unsure of herself and um, but really wants to fit in and go and go hang out at the prom and have a good time her best friend uh, she doesn't have many friends her best friend is her cat mischief and um <laughs> One day, after she, like, cries because there's a bad incident at school, Mischief turns into a human <laughs> and is like, look, okay. uh, I'm a magical cat, and I'm going to come to school and be your human friend or whatever and and help you become cool. And, of course, there's a whole, you know, where this this girl gets, you know, too full of herself after after making it with the cool kids because her cat, Mischief, taught her how to do it, and they go to the dance and... Um, <laughs> The cat, and then eventually the cat's like, you've got to tell that guy you like that you like him after all I've taught you from teaching you how to be a better person by giving you cat tips. Like, you know, <laughs> yep. you've just, yeah. you've just got to go for it. And they become best friends again. And the cat turns back into a cat in the middle of the dance and like leaves the tux on the ground and a cat jumps up. Meow. Anyway, yep. and she goes for it and um, pounces on the guy she likes in the end. It's called, it's called Pounce. <laughs> Wow! Wow! I feel okay. like that's like a Sabrina the Teenage Witch situation. Um, so this is about a whole bunch of uh, like undergrads and grad students in college, and they all live in a cooperative, like in a commune, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like a house with like fifteen people, 
uh, and they're there and they're having a great time. Uh, but then they get on the wrong side of the k- campus witch. <laughs> You know, the campus witch. School. Yeah, who, every campus um, has one. Who decides to send the entire house back in time. Oh. Uh, so they, she sends them back, 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 back in time. All the way back to the time of the dinosaurs. Um, but it turns out that because they were such a great cooperative living household, they're like totally fine. Uh, it's called commune with dinosaurs, <laughs> but it's like commune. Commune with, with dinosaurs. dinosaurs. This next one is a TV show that's definitely going on the Food Network. It's a cooking show, but everyone who competes is <laughs> reenactors of all of famous people from the past. So there's a Benjamin Franklin reenactor. You know, there's somebody who's playing George Washington, and there's somebody who's playing Mark Twain. Who will come out victorious in this celebrity cooking show with faces of the past? Find out next time on Slice and Twain. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, um, this one is uh, the origin... St- you know, we've had the origin story of Wolverine. Um, in this one, we get the origin story of Storm. Ooh, excellent. Um, and it's about, you know, her family and her past and her childhood and all that. It's called Storm Sculptor. Oh, yeah. I definitely see that. Uh, this next film is uh, just basically um, a Twilight backstory <laughs> um, to figure out... I mean, did we ever learn how... What was his name? Edward became a vampire in his deal? I'm Steel? sure we, we probably did. did. Anyway, you're going to see a whole freaking movie about it. It's called Glorify of Dusk. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this one is about um, this one is about a uh, a group of a group of people who need uh, who realize that so they've they've always been uh, we'll say that there's like two there's two towns right yeah um, and one town has always been about like scientific innovation and so they have ways to like uh, right they've they've got they've like de- essentially developed flying machines. Sweet. Um, and because of that, they're able to go like up into the cloud, which is its own separate kingdom. Like, right. They have like peace with the people of the cloud kingdom. Um, they get to travel all to all these wonderful faraway places. Um, and then the other town has always been more about like, you know, being, being very practical, um, and very like, like homemade craftsy. Uh, and so they are like beautiful artisans and stuff yeah. like that. And they have all this beautiful stuff. But then they realize that they like, in order to like help them expand, they also need to be able to get in touch with all these other people. Uh, and so they're like, we need to steal uh, like flight mechanism from this other town. And so they go in the middle of the night and they capture a man who they believe is uh, responsible for building flying machines. But it turns out that he doesn't make flying machines. He just makes shoes. And they don't understand the difference. So they make him make flying machines. Um, but he he doesn't make them well because he's just a cobbler. It's cobbled wings. Oh, shoe wings. <laughs> this is a film where uh, there's a family of kind of superheroes um, where they can all run really fast and... <laughs> And, you know, fix crime from running fast. Uh, But they have one daughter who can't run fast. In fact, she runs really slow. And she's kind of the outcast of the black sheep of the uh, superhero family because she's slow. And, you know, her dad's kind of her confidant is always like, you know, one day you'll you'll find your power. I'm sure you have it within you when you most need it. And it turns out that she couldn't run fast on the ground. But instead, she can control the wind. I'm pretty sure this is already a movie. (laughs) Where it's like the last airbender or something. Because <laughs> she can ride on the wind faster than any of them can run and saves the day, Wind Strider. Nice. Uh, this one is about, you know, um, you know the movie Frozen? Yeah. 
And Elsa goes, you know, out into the frozen north and constructs her giant ice palace. Um, and this movie is just like, it's just like the day to day of the people who have to run that place of the palace. It's like uh, of the palace, ready exactly. to ice palace. Oh, uh, they're like cold all the time, and they're like trying to cook food. But if they like cook stuff, it gets too hot and it melts the ice, and so they're like constantly trying to figure out <laughs> how they're supposed to like run a kitchen and stuff. Um, and everything's uncomfortable. It's called Glacial Fortress. <laughs> about chefs on a ship and uh i swear to god this could be a real show about a submarine chef or a chef on a cruise ship and like what they're doing um and it's just got a really cute punny title called chart a course i'll be i'll be honest i would watch a show that was just telling me like the life of a cook on a submarine yeah i'd be like yeah here for it i just thought about it and i was like why isn't this a show i I would would watch watch this Life on a submarine is so interesting. And then you got your cute little title. Tell us what you would or would not watch. Yeah, of these films. Of these titles uh, at MTACast on Twitter. Glacial Fortress, the rare from this yeah. pack as well, which is not too shabby. Nice. Be a patron and you get a chance to win these cards. Well, everybody, if you're living in an ice castle, uh, our condolences, but thanks for listening to the show anyway. <laughs> That's right. I'm really impressed that you get a signal to yeah. get this however you're getting it. Yeah. Cat's mouth. Phone. Phone. Because uh, you can't find this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on the internet. Yeah. On our website, magictheamateuring.com. Uh, on the Patreon feed. On Patreon. Anywhere. If Anywhere. you need, if you have a podcast app that you like using, we have our RSS feed available on our website, magicallyamateuring.com. You can go over there and subscribe however you choose to get your audio delights. Uh, you, you, you got it. You can also sub to you our videos it. on YouTube because not only is this a podcast, it is a video cast. And if you want to see our faces while we talk nonsense... Hit, the, hit that little sub button on YouTube, youtube.com slash MTACast. Uh, you can also check out this week's upcoming vlog, which, as we mentioned, yes. is about our pre-release and draft nights. You can see a little bit more specifically the cards and synergies and stuff that we're talking about. And get a cute look at our favorite local game store, as well as my house. I don't yeah, know. There you, you go. Wanna see, if you want to see you that. When you look at it, guess which one is which. <laughs> Is this the game store or Maria's? Or is this a home? Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Thanks again to our sponsor, cardkingdom.com slash MTACast. Put that link in your browser whenever you want to buy some cards. We just had somebody tweet at us. They're like, I ordered on Friday and it got here on Saturday. Jeez. So, I mean, that's nuts. So they're just a great place. Remember to ask for your free MTA sticker in your order uh, when you're going there. And um, just generally have have a good week. You know, take some you time. Uh, (laughs) Listen to our podcast on two times speed. It's a different experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) If you want to hear all this craziness all over again. (laughs) 